Hello everybody, welcome to Reading Wikipedia. My name is Tony Vaughn. Reading Wikipedia is a podcast where I just uh, read a Wikipedia article and sprinkle my opinions in here and there. Uh, this episode we are going to be reading, I thought it would be fitting since this is the first episode of the podcast, to read the Wikipedia article for podcasts. Makes sense, right? So uh, let's get started. Section 1, it's just going to be the uh, opening little section of the article that kind of gives you an overrun of what everything is. Uh, a podcast is an episodic series of spoken word digital audio files that are that a user can download to a personal d- device to easy for easy listening. Streaming applications and podcasting services provide a convenient, integrated way to manage a personal consumption queue across many podcast sources and playback devices. So essentially the way you figure you discover this podcast is you searched for it on wherever you search for podcasts. A podcast series usually features one or more reoccurring hosts engaged in a discussion about a particular topic or current event. Hey, that's what I'm doing. Discussion and content within a podcast can range from carefully scripted to totally improvised. This podcast is, I guess you could say it's a little bit of both. Podcasts combine elaborate and artistic sound production with thematic concerns ranging from scientific research to slice-of-life journalism. Uh, Many podcast series provide an associated website with links and show notes, guest biographies, transcripts, additional resources, commentary, and even a community forum dedicated to discussing the show's content. Are community forums even really a thing anymore? I guess you could consider like a subreddit, but like I'm talking about like a website with like a dedicated forum. Anyway. The cost of the consumer is low, while many podcasts are free to download. Others are underwritten by corporations or sponsored with inclusion of commercial advertisement. In other cases, a podcast could also be a business venture supported by some combination of a paid subscription model, advertising, or product delivered after sale. People are motivated to create a podcast for a number of reasons. The podcast producer, who is often the podcast host as well, may wish to express a personal passion, increase personal, I'm sorry, professional visibility, Enter into a social network of influencers or influential ideas, cultivate a community of like-minded viewership, or put forward pedagogical, pedagogical, I know I said that wrong, or ideological, ideological ideas, possibly under philanthropic support, because podcast content is often free or at the very least affordable for the average podcast consumer, podcasting is often classified as a disruptive medium which is adverse to the maintenance of traditional revenue models. Long-running podcasts with a substantial back catalog are amendable to binge consumption. I am guilty of binging podcasts. Like when I discover a new one, or when I discover a podcast that's been around for a couple of years, I tend to uh, binge the back catalog over the course of, you know, like a week I can consume so many epi- so many episodes of something. But the whole like disruptive medium thing is very interesting and actually kind of true. It it, it, it kind of put a, because uh, who, who really listens to, you know, terrestrial radio anymore, <laughs> you know, or even like satellite radio is like starting to like fall off and, and kind of dwindle and to the point where like, is Howard Stern even relevant for his sh- talk show anymore type of thing? I mean, you know, there's going to be like a whole generation of people who don't even realize he's like a, a talk show host. You know, a radio show host, you know, they'll know him for other things he's done. So this is going to be a part two production. A podcast generator maintains a central list of files on a server as a web feed that one can access through the Internet. 
the listener or viewership uses special client application software on a computer or media player known as a podcatcher, which accesses the web feed, checks for its updates, and downloads any new files in the series. So that'd be like if you had like a Stitcher or a, I like to use Podcast Addict. Uh, Laughable is one of them. Whatever, whatever app is um, native to uh, Google or uh, you know Android or uh, you know Apple or whatever, whatever. I think they're just called like Apple Podcast or Google Podcast or whatever. There are several different. Wait, hold on. This process could be automated download file automated to download files automatically, so it may seem to subscribers as those podcasters broadcast or push new episodes to them. Files are stored locally and on user device ready for offline. There are several different mobile applications that allow people to subscribe and listen to podcasts. Many of these applications allow users to download podcasts or to stream them on demand as an alternative to downloading. Most cost podcast players or applications allow listeners to skip around the podcast and to control the playback speed. I do like being able to skip around. <laughs> it is nice being able to just skip, you know, I think a uh, podcast addict, you can skip like, I think 10 or 30 seconds, 10 or 15 seconds or whatever. Just get through those ads. I hate listening, especially like on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't know. I haven't listened to Joe Rogan's podcast in a while, but uh, let's see. Podcasts have been considered a converged medium, a medium that brings together audio, the web and portable media players as well as a disruptive technology that has caused some individuals in radio broadcasting to reconsider established practices and preconceptions about audiences, consumption, production, and distribution. It's interesting to watch the radio guys who jumped on the concept of podcasting early compared to those who are just now jumping on the bandwagon. Um, There are some great examples of that. Podcasts can be (laughs) produced at little to no cost and usually... Disseminated free of charge, which sets this medium apart from traditional 20th century model of gate-kept media and their production tools. Podcasters can, however, still monetize their podcast by allowing companies to purchase ad time. They can also garner support from listeners through crowdfunding websites like Patreon, which provide a special extras and content to listeners for, free, for a fee. Podcasting is very much a horizontal media form. I don't fully understand. Producers are consumers. Consumers may become producers and both can engage in conversation with each other. Okay, I get that. Okay. Whereas like a vertical media would be like watching a movie. You can't exactly interact with an actor or engage in conversation with a director or writer like immediately. There's usually, there's usually, you know, tiers of other people you have to go through unless you're lucky enough to get them to reply to you on twitter or something but there's no open forum with with those people really all right we're moving on to the next section this is section three name where the name comes from podcast is a portmanteau a combination of ipod and broadcast the term podcasting was first suggested by the guardian columnist and bbc journalist ben hammerslay who invented it in early February 2004 while penning an article for the Guardian newspaper. The term was first used in the audio blogging community in September 2004 when Danny Gregor (laughs) introduced it in a message to the iPodder dev mailing list from where it was adapted by Adam Curry. 
Despite the etymology, the content can be accessed using any computer or similar device that can play media files. Use of the term podcast predated Apple's addition of formal support for podcasting to the iPod or as iTunes software. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I assumed podcast came from, you know, iPod or whatever. Other names for podcasting include Netcast. Who the hell uses Netcast? Netcast is like people who use Netcast also buy like off-brand fucking toilet paper. Intended as a vendor-neutral term without the loose reference to the Apple iPod. This name is used by shows from the twit.tv network. Some sources have also suggested the backronym Portable On Demand or Pod for similar reasons. Now we are going to enter the history of podcasts. This is the next section. In uh, October 2000, the concept of attaching sound and video files to an RSS feeds was proposed in a draft by Tristan Lewis. The idea was implemented by David Weiner, 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 a software developer and author of the RSS format. Podcasting, once an obscure method of spreading audio information, has become recognized medium for distributing audio content, whether for corporate or personal use. Podcasts are similar to radio programs in form, but they exist as audio files that can be played at a listener's convenience anytime or anywhere. The first application to make this process feasible was iPodder X, developed by August Tromer, Trometer and Ray Slanitsky. <laughs> by 2007, audio podcasts were doing what was historically accomplished via radio broadcast, which had been the source of radio talk shows news programs since 1930s. The shift occurred as a result of the evolution of internet capabilities along with increased consumer access to cheaper hardware and software for audio recording and editing. I remember listening to podcasts back in like, I think like 08, 09. That's crazy to think. It's been, yeah, well over a decade. It's been over a decade now. In October 2003, Matt Schneid. Whatever launched his weekly chat show, The Backstage Pass. BB King, Third Eye Blind, Gavin McGraw, McGraw, The Beach Boys, and Jason Mraz were notable guests the first season. The hour-long radio show was recorded live, transcoded to 16 kilobytes per second audio for dial-up online streaming. Despite the lack of commonly accepted identifying name for the medium at the time of its creation, The Backstage Pass, which became known as Matt Schnick. Schneekner's interviews is commonly believed to be the first podcast to be published online. Wow, 2003. In August of 2004, Adam Curry launched his new show, Daily Source Code. It was a show focused on chronologing his everyday life, delivering news, discussions about the development of podcasts, as well as promoting new and emerging podcasts. Curry published it in an attempt to gain traction in the development of what would come to be known as podcasting and as a means of testing the software outside of a lab setting. The name Daily Source Code was chosen in the hope that it would attract an audience with an interest in technology. Daily Source started at a, at a grassroots level of production with, and was initially directed at podcast developers. As its audience became interested in the format, these developers were inspired to create and produce their own projects and, as a result, they improved the code used to create podcasts. As more people learned how easy it was to produce a podcast, a community of pioneer podcasters quickly appeared. In June 2005, Apple released iTunes 4.9, which added formal support for podcasts, 
thus negating the need to use a separate program in order to download and transfer them to a mobile device. While this made access to podcasts more convenient and widespread, it effectively ended advancements of podcatchers by independent developers. Additional Apple use cease and desist orders to many podcast applications and services for using the term iPod or pod in their products' names. Wow, that is some evil shit. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Apple Apple definitely popularized it, so, you know, within a year, many podcasts from public radio networks like BBC, CBC Radio 1, NPR, and Public Radio International placed many of their radio shows on the iTunes platform. In addition, major local radio stations like WNYC in New York and WHYY-FM Radio in Philadelphia, KCRW in Los Angeles, placed their programs on their websites and later on the iTunes platform. Concurrently, CNET, This Week in Technology, and later Bloomberg Radio, The Financial Times, and other for-profit companies provided podcast content, some using as their only distribution system. As podcasts matured in the late 2010s, companies such as Facebook, General Electric, McDonald's, Microsoft, New Balance, Lyft, and Trader Joe's are all creating their own podcasts. What kind of podcast could New Balance have? (laughs) Just talking about shoes? <laughs> that sounds so fucking boring. Alright, we have uh, IP issues and trademark and patent law. Trademark applications. Between February 10th and 25th, February 10th and 25th, March 2005. That is worded weirdly. Shea Spencer Management, LLC of Fairpoint, New York, filed a trademark application to register the term podcast for an online pre-recorded radio program over the internet. On September 9th, 2005, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office rejected the application, citing Wikipedia's podcast entry as describing the history of the term. The company amended the application in 2006, but the Patent and Trade Office rejected the amended application as not sufficiently differentiated from the original. In November 2006, the application was marked as abandoned. That's interesting. So a company tried to trademark the word, but this Wikipedia article already existed, so they were like, ah, you can't can't do that. Uh, as of September 20, 2005, known trademarks that attempted to capitalize on podcasts include ePodcast, GodCast. Well, why, why not GodCast? Uh, GuidePod, MyPod, Podcasting, Pond, Pondego, PodCabin, Podcast, Podcast Realty, Podcaster, Podcast People, Pro, uh, Podgram, PodKitchen, <laughs> PodShop, and Podvertise. Pod, Podvertising. By February 2007, there has been 24 attempts to register trademarks containing the word podcast in the United States, but only Podcast Ready from Podcast Ready Incorporated was approved. Apple trademark protections. On September 26, 2004, it was reported that Apple Inc. had started to crack down on businesses using the string pod in product and company names. Apple sent a cease and desist letter that week to Podcast Ready Incorporated, which markets an application known as MyPodder. Lawyers for Apple contended that the term pod has been used by the public to refer to Apple's music players so extensively that it falls under Apple's trademark cover. Uh, that's not how that works. Such activity was speculated to be part of a bigger campaign for Apple to expand the scope of its existing iPod trademark, which included trademark iPod, iPodcast, and Pod. On November 16, 2006, the Apple Trademark Department stated that Apple does not object to third-party usage of the generic term podcast to act accurately referred to podcasting services, and the Apple uh, does not license the term. And then, okay. However, no statement was made as to whether or not Apple believed they held it 
rights to it. Personal audio lawsuits. Personal audio, the company referred to as a patent troll by Entertainment, or, I'm sorry, Electronic Frontier Foundation, filed a patent on podcasting in 2009 for a claimed invention in 1996. In February 2013, Personal Audio stated suing high-profile podcaster for royalties, including uh, the Adam Carolla Show, How Stuff Works podcast, U.S. Congressman Peter DeFazio's previous proposed SHIELD Act intended to curb patent trolls. In October 2013, the EFF filed a petition for the tra- U.S. Trademark Office to invalidate the Personal Audio patent on August uh, 18, 2014, the Electronic Frontier Foundation. Why would you? Why would you do? Okay. <laughs> Announced that Adam Carolla had settled with Personal Audio on April 10, 2015. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office invalidated five provisions of Personal Audio's podcasting patent. That was actually that whole Adam Carolla lawsuit thing was actually kind of interesting while it happened. It'd be cool to like find an audio or a an article or something that kind of go through the whole history of that and kind of talk about that because that was really interesting. And we have variants, podcast variances. This is uh, the next section. Enhanced audio. An enhanced audio includes links to images with synchronized synchronized with the podcast, turning into a narrative slideshow. I don't. Is that a thing? Do people do that? Uh, podcast novels. A podcast novel, also known as a serialized audiobook or podcast audiobook, is a literary form that combines the concept of podcast and an audiobook. Like a traditional novel, a podcast novel is a work of literary fiction. However, it's recorded into episodes that are delivered online over a period of time. The episodes may do be delivered automatically via RSS or through a website, blog, or other syndication method. Episodes can be released on a regular schedule, e.g. once a week, or irregularly as each episode is completed in the same manner as audiobooks. Podcast novels may be elaborately narrated with sound effects, separate voice actors for each character similar to a radio play, or they may have a single narrator or and few or no sound effects, similar to like a standard audiobook. Some podcast novels give away a free podcast version of their book as a form of promotion. On occasion, such novelists have secured publishing contracts that have their novels printed. Podcast novelists have commented that podcasting their novels lets them build audiences even if they cannot get a publisher to buy their books. These audiences then make it easier to secure a printing deal with a publisher at a later date. These podcast novelists are also claim the exposure that releasing a free book, uh, I'm sorry, a free podcast gains the them makes up for the fact that they are giving away their work for free. Video podcast. A video co- podcast or vodcast. Who calls it a vodcast? Who calls it a vodcast? Is a podcast that contains video content. Web television series are often uh, distributed as video podcasts. Dead End Days, a serialized dark comedy about zombies released from uh, October 31st, 2003 through 2004 is commonly believed to be the first video podcast. You know, a lot of the dates in this article are written uh, the American way, where it's the uh, month, day, year. And then sometimes I see them in the uh, the way everyone else pretty much does it, which is the day, month, year. That's previous little couple of sentences is uh, an example of it because they had 31 October 2003 as opposed to October 31. You get what I'm saying. Live podcast. A number of podcasts are recorded either in total or for a specific or for specific episodes in front of a live audience. I hate live audience podcasts. Ticket sales <laughs> allow the podcasters 
an additional way of uh, monetizing. Some podcasts create specific live shows to tour, which are not necessarily included on the podcast feed. Events included the London Podcast Festival, SF Sketchfest, and others regularly give a platform to podcasters to perform live for audiences. And uh, finally, we are in the uses. This is the uses for podcasting. I feel like it's kind of obvious, but you know. Uh, this is actually appears to be a small segment of a main article called Using Uses of Podcast, which we won't read. We'll just read this little two-paragraph section here. Uh, communities use collaborative podcasts to support multiple contributors podcasting through general simplified processes and without having to host their own individual feeds. A community podcast can also allow members of the related to the podcast topic to contribute to the podcast in many different ways. This method was first used for a series of podcasts hosted by Regional Educational Technology Center of Fordham University in 2005. Anders Gons... Uh, I'm not even going <laughs> to... Explores how businesses like IBM, EMC, use podcasts as an employee training and communication channel. I like that concept. Like a big company just releasing a podcast with, you know, like a like a weekly podcast instead of just sending out like, you know, weekly update emails or even monthly or whatever. Uh, as of early 2009, the podcasting industry still generated a little overall revenue. Although the number of persons who listen to the podcast continue to grow steadily, Edison Research, which issues the Podcast Consumer Quarterly Tracking Report, estimates that in 2019, 90 million persons in the U.S. have listened to a podcast in the last month. In 2020, 58% of the population in South Korea and 40% of the Spanish population had listened to a podcast in the last month. 12.5% of the UK population had listened to a podcast in the last week. A small yet efficient number of listeners are also podcast creators. Creating a podcast, creating a podcast is reasonably inexpensive, and uh, it requires just a microphone, laptop, or other personal computer, and a room with some sound blocking. Podcast creators tend to have a good listener base because of their relationship with their listeners. Boom, there we go. Wikipedia.org slash wiki slash podcast has been read. Uh, so this is going to become a regular thing. I'm going to do this often. I don't have a schedule planned. I don't know if it's once a week or just whenever whenever I have you know the time to use. But this is what the podcast is going to be. If you enjoy the podcast, always subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter at readingwikipod. Uh, I always take suggestions if you want to, or I, I guess I will start taking suggestions. If you'd like to suggest something that needs to be read, let me know. And uh, thanks for watching, or thanks for listening.